Welcome to Align and Hustle. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, photographer, entrepreneur, and brand strategist. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring conversations that will help you expand your mind, align with your purpose, and take action towards creating a life you love. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hey there, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Align and Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, and I am so glad to have you here with me again today. I hope you are feeling unstoppable and still in that energy of last week's episode. I know that I've been listening to the Unstoppable song by Sia every day on my way to work, and it has completely shifted my energy for the week. So I hope you are also basking that energy in. For those of you who are new, welcome. And for those of you who have been with me for a while, for the beginning, today's episode is a deeper dive from episode 19 in which I spoke about becoming the CEO of your life. This week, I am joined by Naz Baheshti. She is the author of Pause, Breathe, Choose, How to Become the CEO of Your Well-Being. So this is right up my alley. And not only is she an executive wellness coach, speaker, Forbes contributor, CEO, and founder of Pranana's, a corporate wellness company, She was the executive assistant to Steve Jobs. Now, this is very interesting to me because um, what I thought I wanted to talk about was, you know, working for Steve Jobs, what that was like. But but this interview is not about that. It's not about Steve Jobs. It's really not about Nas. It's about her book where she uncovers the lessons that she learned from her first boss and mentor that wellness drives success and that you can be well and also do well. And this conversation really hit home for me because as a type A overachiever, always doing, never really slowing down just to the next thing, to the next thing, this book is really important. It gives you the tools to really connect to your deeper, higher self. Um, It also gives you the tools to show up with enthusiasm for your life. And as a brand photographer and a brand builder, that is so important to everyone. Well, in my opinion, it's so important to everyone that I work with to have that ability to tap into your inner self and, and show up as confidently empowered in that in that higher being. So we talk about her map method, how to connect your head to your heart, how to upgrade your mindset, and really to take charge of your life and to trust the timing of your life. We deep dive into mindfulness, getting to know your higher self. And then we go a little bit into the woo-woo, which you all, if you've been here for a while, you know I love. We talk about connecting to the universe and energies and and actually it's funny because during this conversation we had a lot of technical difficulties so I'm not sure what vibrations or what energies were around but I did find a way I'm going to apologize the audio is not the best it kicks out a little bit um it kicks out about a, a few minutes in none of my mics were working this day it's <laughs> 
but it reminds me of a Steve of a Steve Jobs quote actually because my new mantra has become find a way. And Steve Jobs says the only way to do great work is to do what you love. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know it when you've found it. And that is how I feel about this podcast. I love these conversations. I love bringing this information to you, sharing these these stories of um, women doing amazing things, these empowering stories so that you can take what you need um, from these conversations. And I also love supporting other women doing great things. So if you haven't already, please leave a review for the Align and Hustle podcast on iTunes. Take a screenshot, send it to me in my DMs at Kathy Spence Portrait on Instagram, and I will send you a copy of Nas's book, Pause, Breathe, Choose. And that is my thank you to you for being here, for listening, and for being part of the Align and Hustle community. I am so grateful for you, and I would love to send you a copy of this book. Just be sure to send me a screenshot because sometimes the reviews get lost in the Apple abyss. And it's funny that we are talking about Apple, iTunes, and my conversation is with Steve Jobs's former executive assistant. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Naz Baheshti. I'm excited. I love doing this. <laughs> I love meeting trailblazing women and sharing their stories. And I just, and I think this was kind of a divinely guided thing because uh, your book is all about authenticity and the whole purpose of what I do for a living is helping female entrepreneurs step into their authenticity and show that in their branding. So I just feel like we're aligned. So it's, yes, I'm definitely. excited. Me too. All right, Naz. So Naz, it is so nice to see you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so let's pick that back up. So let's address the elephant in the room. I'm sure everyone always asks you about Steve Jobs, right? (laughs) That always seems to be the leading question. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to um, to ask you, you dedicated your book to Steve Jobs and you also used my favorite quote of his as the opening quote in your book. So can can we open up with that? Of course. Yeah. What would you like to know specifically? Okay. So, how, so you um, mentioned that Steve Jobs is one of your greatest mentors. So mm-hmm. How did you come to know him? How does, has he mentored you in his life? And why did you choose that quote as the opening quote for your book? Well, so I, I got to know him kind of by accident. I was looking for my first job out of college and my roommate at the time, Samantha, saw me working on my resume and she offered to share my resume with her friend who was a recruiter. I didn't know that he was a internal recruiter at Apple. I thought I'm just going to get some feedback on my resume, but he actually ended up turning in my resume because he knew Steve was looking for an EA. Mm -hmm. And um, next thing I know, I get a phone call from his office asking me to come in for an interview. And I was just completely confused as to how they even got my resume. And I just connected the dots really quickly. And you know, thought it would be a good experience to go in and just get, you know, hone in on my interview skills, but didn't expect anything at all, like as an outcome of actually getting the, you know, job, because I actually didn't even want the job. I 
didn't want to work in Cupertino. I wanted to work in San Francisco. And I also wasn't planning to be an EA, you know, so it was just like completely off my path. And so I just went out of curiosity and to hone in on my interview skills. And before I knew it, I was, you know, sitting in front of Steve after a ton of interviews, 13 interviews to be exact, um, getting the stamp of approval. And then finally um, found myself, you know, sitting across Steve in his boardroom being interviewed by him and then getting, you know, hired on the spot. And that's how I met him was in his boardroom. Awesome. So at what point was this? How old were you and where was he in his journey? I was 21. I had just graduated from college and he, the day I started was the day that he dropped his eye for interim CEO and officially announced he is going to be the official CEO of Apple again. So he was at Macworld. It was January 5th, 2000. 2000, yeah, was that day that he officially became CEO of Apple again. So it was a really you know, pivotal moment for him and for me. He dropped his eye for interim CEO, but at the time, without realizing, I actually dropped my own eye myself because... My whole attention and focus was on Steve, and I pretty much dismissed my own life and my own self-care. Luckily, I was young and, you know, have good genes, so I was able to keep up, but, you know, it's not sustainable. And that was the start of my journey to realize how there was not that support in corporate America back then on helping employees with their well-being, managing stress, building resilience. And so that was when the first seed had been planted to get me to where I am today as a corporate wellness, um, you know, CEO of a corporate wellness company and executive wellness coach. So let me read the quote that you that you used to open your book. Mm -hmm. And this this quote to me is so special because I lost my dad when I was in my mid 20s. And when I at the time, it seems like the most painful, traumatic thing that you could ever go through. But now, 20 years later, as I look back, I look like I'm just getting goosebumps now when I think about it, because I look as I look back and the pain that I had to go through and all the steps and turns and twists, they all had a purpose and they all had a meaning mm -hmm. and it all started, but you can't see it when you're in it. Exactly. So the the quote that you used is you cannot connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backward okay full full goosebumps mm. you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future you have to trust in something your gut destiny life karma whatever this approach has never let me down and it has made all the difference in my life now i know what i think i know why you chose this quote because i've been reading your book but can you explain why you chose this quote yeah, because similar to you, you know, you really, something can happen, whether it's good or bad, mostly, you know, adversity, and you don't understand why it's happening in that moment, or even like your career path. Like I just said, I, you know, got my job at, at Apple kind of as an accident, but that wasn't my plan. But all along my path, all the things good or bad that happened, all had meaning and purpose, even though I could not see it or uncover it at the time. But then in hindsight, you can connect the dots and realize, oh, now I understand why that happened. Or I understand the lesson from it. Not that there was like positive that happened out of it, unless you make it positive in terms of like shifting your mindset around it like that. Every 
dot on my path has connected and brought me to the place I am today. It was not a linear path. It was very messy and windy road to get me to where I am today. And even though at the time it made, it didn't look like it made much sense. Like, wait, why am I at Apple as an EA when I got my psychology degree and was not planning to be an EA? And then I went into sales. I did all these different roles, but they all helped me to build Pranana's and to even get my idea. Like, so Steve Jobs, like I mentioned, was my mentor and inspiration behind my book and my approach to well-being. And he taught me the most profound lesson I've ever learned, which is well-being drives success. And that is a basis and fundamental to my life and my work. So if I didn't get that job by accident and have that if you really think, yeah, nothing's an accident, right? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I use quotes by accident. Um, I probably wouldn't have reached this path or maybe it would have been in a different way, but it just, I wouldn't have been who I am today. It all contributed, contributed to me as, as in my character and to me in my profession. So it all had meaning and you can only look back and connect those dots. So that's why that quote is very meaningful to me. And I feel like your book is a path though, as well. It gives you a step-by-step path. Yes. So let's talk about the book because I've like, I, like I said, in the um, little bit of an intro that we had before we started chatting, recording that I'm all about authenticity. And I love that your it's the mindfulness and connecting to your authentic self is, is the starting point. So mm-hmm. can we talk about, well, where do you want to go from there? <laughs> There's well, so that, much. <laughs> that is an excellent, we could start there because, you know, my book is about my method, the map method, which is a holistic method to live your best life. And starting with the authentic self is fundamental. It's, it's map is an acronym for, um, map for my map method. So M is for mastering mindfulness, right? And that results in digging deeper and getting in touch with your authentic self. So that is fundamental to my method. So we could start there on, you know, map M for master mindfulness. And for me, that's all about mastering your authentic self, because mindfulness is about getting in touch with yourself and your surroundings, being present and having life unfold in the present moment without any judgment, right? You're just present to that moment. And then it's also about connecting your mind and your heart. And that's how, when you are present, you're able to do that. Because a lot of us work come, you know, work from up here, operate from your mind, not in touch with our heart. And so that mind heart alignment is also part of mindfulness and tapping into your authentic self because that stems from here from so your heart ask because a lot of people define mindfulness in so many different ways can mm-hmm. you expand on what you believe mindfulness is well i take mindfulness kind of so often mindfulness begins with you know formal practice like meditation or yoga so that's very you know, easy to take mindfulness into that formal, formal practice. And that was how mindfulness started for me is sitting quietly in a meditation or moving mindfulness, which was my yoga practice. But I discovered in my time that 
there is no need to leave that state of awareness and well-being on our yoga mat or meditation cushion when we can carry it with us all day. So that's kind of where pause, breathe, choose stems from. It's mindfulness in action. When mindfulness becomes a way of life, it translates into all your choices and becomes part of your wiring, both an active and um, an active state of mind and, and also just a way of being. And so when you're mindful to take a pause and take a conscious breath, you're, you're better equipped to make better choices. So that's kind of where pause, breathe, choose stems from. It's mindfulness and action. And that's, again, going back into awakening your mind and your heart from autopilot and really enabling you to experience life unfolding in the present moment. Okay. Um, that's what I was going to ask. It's more about being present so that you're not really reacting. You're more responding to the environment, the situation. And your book is so important for everyone now with everything that's going on. I know you're in New York, but we're in another um, lockdown stay at home order here for another month. Oh and my gosh. People here, I'm telling like, not they're it. I see it. it the people feel defeated. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel defeated because they don't have that mind, body, heart connection that, you know, this too shall pass. And we need to focus on the things that can get us through instead of feeling stuck and, Absolutely. It's all about the tools that we have. And that's why I wrote this book was for people to adopt these tools and lifestyle habits so that they can respond more effectively and just be more at peace with themselves. Because that all comes from within, whether we're, you know, in lockdown or, you know, lack of freedom and lack of choices, we could still have the choice to choose to shift our mindset to to focus on the positive, the silver lining, um, the lesson, the gratitude. You know, there's always something to be grateful for. I know sometimes it's harder. Some days can be hard to feel like there's anything to be grateful for. But so that's like a practice that I challenge myself when I'm having a tough day, and and my clients that think of something that you are grateful for because that shifts your state from a feeling of, you know, helpless, hopeless, you know, down, depressed, whatever state you're in, a negative state, to instantly shifting it to a more positive state. Because it's really hard, you know, gratitude annihilates, you know, negativity, whatever state. So it shifts, it's a quick way to shift your state. So that's something to also consider when, you know, you are feeling, um, you know, just kind of locked down and not having the choices because that lack of choices and freedom can really get to people, but they're not locking you down here and here, right? You have that choice to open that up. So let's get back to your map method. So we started with M. Yes. Master mindfulness. So the A is for applying better choices to manage stress and build resilience. And there's seven A's, which are mindful upgrades and behaviors. So it's, you know, um, if you want, I can go through the seven. Yeah, I'd like to. (laughs) So number one is adopt a healthy lifestyle. So um, that's very like baseline when you adopt a healthy lifestyle. Um, Part of that is number two is allocate play and recovery time, which is really important. Let's stop. Let's stop on that one. Okay. So Allocate. So for type A's like myself, 
Play and recovery time to me means time wasted that I could be building something or doing something else at that time. (laughs) So how does one embrace the play and recovery? So is there anything that you like to do to have fun besides building and, you know, doing your work? I, photography used to be my fun and my Mm -hmm. hobby, and then I built a business around it. So now it's work. Okay. So is there anything that you could do with your photography that's not work-related, that you're just going and having fun and and maybe taking shots, you know, of nature or whatever that you like to... It's so funny because my husband and I were sitting down the other day and he's like, you need to have fun. And I said, but I don't know how. (laughs) Well, okay. Go back to before photography. Let's say photography. So are you saying that you associate now your photography with work? So even like... Okay. So that's kind of, yeah. Like I haven't even been taking a lot of pictures of my kids even anymore. Um, Yeah. Like it's just, now it's just, now it's work and it, it reminds, it's a little bit more, um, I don't know. I don't want to say stressful, but it's just different. It's a different vibration for me now. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say like, for example, I mean, now snow season's over, but that was one way I found play. Like it was snowing out and a lot of snow and I'm from the West coast. So snow is like really fun for me. And we, my husband and I took a moment and went and had um, a snow fight, snowball fight and build a snowman um, outside. And it was super fun. Um, So like, that's a form of play, but for you, I mean, it's really just about thinking of something that gets you out of your work mode and out of your, you know, routine and type A, like I need to do this. I need to check mark off this box. And, um, and just like, for me, it's like getting present, going out in nature. Like you say, you go for walks every day, right? Yeah, that's where I find that I'm more, I'm less doing, I'm more being when I'm out and walking and in the, I live we have this beautiful escarpment. So I go in the woods. It's really nice. Amazing. So, you know, maybe doing that with your husband or your kid or friends or going for a hike, like planning a day hike or something to get you outside of your regular routine and just have fun. When you stop looking at your checking your email or social media, you know, things that, um, you know, keep you away from the present moment is what you you want to be focused on the present and, and not checking your phone. Like I, I would, I would suggest implementing a tech free day, like a Sunday fun day. Yeah. Just like leave your phone at home or, you know, or turn it off if you, you know, uh, turn on silent. Um, but just like really disconnect from your devices so that you could reconnect with yourself, with your husband, with your family, you know, or friends. Actually, I've been doing that this week. I haven't been jumping on as often as often. And I notice it makes a big difference because yeah. I just find now the news is just, it's just too much. It just is yeah. becoming. Right. And, and the news will still be there later. Right. And, and it's like, you don't need to be up to date for every second. If it's causing you stress, like take care of yourself and your well-being. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that means for you, um, I would just do that. So whenever you find yourself checking your phone less or, you know, in the moment, not thinking about stuff, other stuff like work, that's your fun. That's your present moment. That's you being present and engaged in that moment. So I often, when I'm visiting family or I'm on my walks or I'm in nature, nature really grounds me and connects me. I'm just like constantly in awe of mother nature and the beauty. And I love taking pictures of beautiful like landscapes and, 
you know, flowers and things like that, that really brings me in the moment. And that's my fun too, you know, because I'm not thinking about work or, you know, anything else. Although my work is fun. I love work. So work to me isn't work. It's actually my fun and passion and purpose. But there also needs to be some diversity in your fun. So I love what I do. I'm in my flow when I'm working. Yeah. it, to me, it, it's no, lo- it has no longer, it's no longer a hobby relaxation. It's, yeah. it is my purpose. I feel the same way, but I just don't want to always be doing it. Maybe. And that is totally <laughs> fine. Totally understandable. So let's find a new, new source of fun and play, right? So if you had a guess right now, or just think of something off the top of your mind, what would that be that you would want to be? I think it would be cooking because I, I found that was really fun with my daughter. She decided to become vegan uh-huh. a few months ago. So we had to do a lot of research and prep. Yeah. I realize how much prep work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With vegan cooking. And we don't live in California. So I can't just, you know, saunter out to the garden and pick. <laughs> I was at the grocery store three times a day. It was, yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> Well, that will definitely be time consuming, but if you have fun doing that, definitely. And you could do it with your daughter and you're learning something new, you know, you're doing research, it's healthy, you know, that's a great, that's a great source of fun and play. I mean, definitely do that then, you know, like do more of that. Okay. So let's go through more of the, more of the seven. So then avoid unnecessary stress, which, so the rest are more about mindset, avoiding unnecessary stress altering the situation. If you can't avoid the stress, alter the situation so that it's not so stressful. If you can't avoid or alter it, then you um, accept what you cannot change, make the best of that situation. And then um, last- can give me, So can you give me an example of that? Of accept what you cannot change? No, like what if, so let's just say there's a stressor that you can't avoid and you've accept you can't change it, so you need to accept it. What would be an example? Of okay, that? so an example would be, let's say, with a person that you like, your in-laws or a colleague of yours that's stressing you out. For example, you can't get rid of them. You can't avoid that person because unless you leave your job or leave your partner, which those are not uh, as easily easy, and and you shouldn't, you know, go go try to give up instantly, right? So you're not going to avoid those people. So then you could alter your relationship with them. So like I have this thing that I am very conscious of that, um, how people either deplete or energize me. So um, I I talk about the like vampires in your life that either suck your energy out of you, um, or, or actually give you energy. So as CEO of your well being, title, a subtitle of my book, you could either choose to promote, demote or terminate that relationship. Mm -hmm. So if there are people that you, you know, are causing you stress, I would say those would be the people you would demote, you know, or terminate since you cannot terminate your relationship with your in-laws or boss. So you just demote, you try to spend less time with them if possible, but if not, you're going to adapt by um, accepting that they are who they are. You cannot change them. You cannot change the situation, but you can change your mindset around it. And you can, you can shift your mindset that these people are, are teaching me patience. They're teaching me compassion. They're teaching me to be a better person because I am, you know, accepting them for who they are. 
right? So that's an example when it comes to, to someone you can't avoid. Um, you know, and I would say if you could avoid them, I would say terminate those relationships because you don't want to, you know, life is too short to be um, giving your energy and spending. You're, but you're right. With some relationships like a boss or an in-law, you can't terminate. So boundaries are are necessary. Boundaries and then also mindset shift of, you know, I can't, I can't change you, but I can accept this situation by changing my, my response and reaction and my mindset that this is teaching me compassion. And I'm actually becoming a better person because you're my teacher. This is a teachable moment, you know, each time you go visit them. And I find that when you do that, you automatically just calm down. When you look at the situation, what is this teaching me? How am I learning from this? You, you automatically, I don't know what happens to your nervous system, but I automatically just relax a little bit. Well, you know, what also happens is that that's a very empowering way to shift your mindset because you are in charge, you are in control, and you are being the CEO of your well-being by taking charge of the situation rather than, oh, I'm I'm hopeless and helpless and I have no say in this or I have no choice, right? Like that's why the whole A's is about making better choices. And when you make better choices, like the quality of your life depends on the quality of your choices. So the better choices you make, the better the quality of your life is. So you've just made a conscious choice to take empowered an empowered mindset around the situation. And that's why you probably feel calmer about it because you're in control. And then lastly, the, the last um, A is attend to connection with yourself, others, worlds, and universe. And that's all about relationships. Okay, let's open this one up. Okay, let's open <laughs> it up. How would you like to open okay, so it up? So attend to, sorry, could you repeat that again? Uh, connection with yourself, mm-hmm. with others, with the world and the universe. So it all starts within and then you just open up. It's like a wider circle. You're the core of the circle. And then you think of like, you know, outer circles of others, world and universe. And how do we do this? Well, when, when you've mastered mindfulness, the M, you know, is getting in touch with your authentic self and your core self, your truest, highest self. So that's the connection with yourself is how do we know when we've met, when we've mastered that, when we found that? That's a great question. And that's different for everyone, but it's when you have a sense of ease and peace and calm with within that you're no longer seeking for external validation or answers outside because all the answers that we seek are within and sometimes we may not know it. And I even seek, like, I'll call my mom or ask my husband for something, but, you know, for their advice on something. But when I, I meditate every morning, when I meditate every morning for 20 minutes, the answer, even if it's like a problem I'm trying to solve, the answer s- suddenly um, appears and it may not be right away. It might take time, but it's within. That's how I know it's within and that I, it's about trusting yourself, your, your gut, your intuition and being so aligned with that, that you know that that is the answer and you know that you're confident in your, your ability to um, be present and provide you know, the best choice for yourself, for your highest good. And you can't be wavered in any way then? No, because you you have that solid foundation of that mindfulness in action that you can like take that pause and take that breath and then, you know, choose better because you're tapping into that 
mindfulness practice that you, you know, um, you're practicing daily? Uh, so we, we found we're mindful, we're aligned, we're, we're feeling confident and then we open ourselves up. So then you open yourself and then, so is it kind of like a pebble in a, in a pond that the ripple effects ripple. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Cause also, you know, that saying like, you can't love someone unless you love yourself. Like you, you have to have, it all starts from within. So you have to have that connection and that love for yourself before spreading it outwards. Right. So, um, then once you feel that confidence and that peace and just like that groundedness and clarity of yourself, then you're able to serve and connect with others. Um, better with more ease and more confidently, right? So then you connect with others and then that's more in your inner circle and then outer circle when you get to the world and then the universe. So it just keeps, the connection keeps getting larger and larger and stronger and stronger. The more that the core, the foundation of the connection with yourself is strong. Okay. I need to ask, how do we connect to the universe? Can we expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So there's a whole chapter in in my book um, about finding that purpose, right? And sometimes those signs when you're connecting with the universe just comes in like the smallest signs in life, but you have to be mindful to even be listening or looking out for those signs. So what a lot of people think are coincidences could be actually signs from the universe that you're, you know, on the right path or aligned or, you know, sometimes, you know, I say, give me a sign, you know, that I'm, I'm making the right decision or, you know, or just give me some sign. Like, so that whole day I'm looking out for signs that might, you know, confirm, validate my decision or not, you know, or help me down the path to, you know, that connection, that deeper connection. Because um, when you you feel you're connected with the universe, there's so many synchronistic things that happen in your day. And it's no longer, I, I sometimes laugh at it. Like, no, that's not just like a coincidence or just, it's me being connected, me being in the flow, me being so like grounded and connected that, it, you know, it's not a surprise that the next thing that just happened, happened. You know, it's, it's just synchronistic. It's hard to explain. No, it's, it's no, I completely understand because um, when this happened before the lockdown, I was out for, I remember thinking about a client and thinking to myself, I need to give them a call and see how they're doing with their branding and how things are working out and any feedback that they're getting. And I thought to myself, I should call them, but then something came up and I didn't call them. The next morning I met another client for a breakfast meeting and I came out of the parking lot and I'm not kidding. The client that I was thinking of calling walked in front of my car. Yep. Oh my gosh. That is. I fully believe in this. Like even this morning I was walking, um, I was on my walk and I was listening to a podcast and I was like really into what I was listening to. And this ginormous hawk just because I was looking straight ahead, it was really strange to me that this hawk kind of took my took my attention. And then so I, I went back. I'm like, I need to listen to whatever was playing right there. Because why did it just like snap me out of my, you know, the just the repetitive nature of my walk? I wasn't really paying attention. And it just kind of shook me out of to pay right. attention. Exactly. And the more mindful you are, 
again, the fundamental part of the map method, the more you're going to be aware of these things. Because if we're just on autopilot and we're not mindful, you you would have walked right by, you wouldn't have even noticed that hawk, right? Mm-hmm. But you were mindful, you saw it and you actually made a point, like, let me go listen to what did that mean? Like you were mindful to take that sign, you know, seriously and, and do something about it rather than like, either not see it at all or be like, oh, that's a nice hawk and like keep walking, you know, but that could have been a sign. And, you know, hawks are um, known to their, their spirit animals that show you that you should look at things from a bigger perspective, from a higher like bird's eye view. And so I always, when I see a hawk, um, and I know this sounds silly, but my husband and I actually have a pet hawk that's not really our pet, but he lives right near our building. And so we see him flying around every day. We've even named him and everything. So whenever he flies around, I'm like, I whenever I see him, I think like, what was I thinking when he appeared? Because that is a sign in my mind that I should be looking at whatever scenario from a bird's eye view, from a larger perspective, because that's what the hawk symbolizes. So I do look at things. I mean that you say that because I was like stuck in, I was, I was listening to this podcast, but I was in my mind working on details. Oh, and I was stuck kind of in the details. And then now that it told me that, well, what I was listening to was an idea. And then, um, I should look at the bigger picture then. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great great example of, you know, being mindful to the signs. And I do talk more in depth and, and have a much longer, you know, example of how so many synchronistic events happened when I decided to move to New York City from San Francisco. And it was just meant to be. And I listened to myself and then all the signs that validated that decision. And I made that decision within a week and I moved across the country where I've never lived anywhere outside of the Bay Area um, my whole life. And all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, I'm moving to New York because it felt I had such a strong feeling that it was the right choice and everything happened and fell in place. It was, it was just unbelievable. I would say like to myself, for example, okay, if I find um, a, a place to live within this two blocks, cause it was my favorite two blocks of all of Manhattan. If I find it before I leave on Monday and it was Wednesday, then okay. means that I I'm meant to be here and I found it then. <laughs> And then I like a perfect place for me to live. And just like one thing after another, right after that, I saw, you know, for example, I was walking um, down the street and I looked in, there was a jewelry store and I looked at three necklaces in the window and one of them had the saying, you are meant to be here. No. Oh okay. my God. I just got again. I love this. I yeah. love this story. <laughs> yeah. So you'll read more. I go more in depth about it, but it was like one thing after another in just a you know short period of time that kept validating that I'm supposed to be in New York City. And I'm like, okay, I hear you and I'm doing it. Like I made up my mind, you know, but it's always these signs that I'm very aware of. And I I love, I love to be mindful of them. But, and I would rather do it, you know, um, by will, by my own will and by me being in control than having some like adverse, you know, event happen that forces me out of that. So also my book, I talk about like, you know, catalysts that make you wake up, like whether it's a loss in the family, a death, you know, your father's passing probably woke you up in some way, in many ways, you know, just like going through 
such extreme, you know, grief or pain or loss. I mean, there's a whole chapter of pain in my in my book that you can turn that pain into, you know, your greatest teacher for growth. But, you know, if you don't, you may not need to go there if you're just mindful. But we all experience like pain is inevitable. Like we're all going to experience some sort of pain. But there's different levels of pain and then if the if we have the tools and you know strategies and the resilience to be able to address that pain and you know deal with that pain more effectively um then we're able to um you know use that in an empowering way like turn that pain into purpose into meaning right be more like more in control of your life and you can literally create your life yes exactly Because some people who don't have those tools, strategies, or resilience will let that pain just completely take over them and, you know, feel very disempowered Mm -hmm. and, and have that pain, they'll let that pain define them and they'll choose to keep suffering in that pain rather than carry it, right. And just carry it. But I don't think we, did we hit on the P from the map? Naturally, we're just organically going there. (laughs) (laughs) I love this organic conversation. Um, so the P is about promoting yourself to the CEO of your well-being, and it also stands for the three P's. So we have the seven A's and now the three P's. So pain um, is the first P, and that's our greatest um, teacher for growth, as we talked about. And then prana is our energy to be engaged in life and in work. And prana is Sanskrit for breath and life force. And then lastly, um, I end the book with purpose you know, our drive for meaning. And so it kind of brings everything together. And, and eventually after you implement, you know, the map method, you take charge and become and promote yourself to the CEO of your well-being. I love it. I love it. I love it. So where can we find your book? My book can be found on amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, all the major retailers. And also if you want to learn more about me, you could just go to nazbaheshti.com and there's more about my book there too. Okay. I will link up all everything about you and where to find you in the show notes for the listeners, but I wanted to touch on, on Prana. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit more? Right. Sure. So prana, like I mentioned, is Sanskrit for breath and life force, vital energy. So our prana is runs through us. And when it's flowing, um, free flowing, we have the energy to really be engaged both in work and in life. But when we're stressed or, you know, have fear or anxiety or anything, you know, when we experience negative states, our prana can be blocked, right? And so if you think of it like a kink in a hose, you know, um, you you restrict that energy and that flow from going through you and optimizing your energy and well-being. And so when we um, have free-flowing prana, we're, we're in the flow, we're energized, and um, we're really showing up as our best self, right? But and, and our choices, again, all of the, the map method builds upon each other because, again, it goes back to the choices that we make. So the choices we make can impact the quality of our prana. So when our, our prana is high quality, sorry, That's okay. um, then, then we're, we're able to optimize our energy and our well-being. Okay, so then prana then leads to finding your purpose? 
Right. And, and prana is kind of the vehicle to get you from pain to purpose. That's why I kind of sandwiched it in between pain and purpose, because prana helps break up those blockages from the pain too, and gets, because pain is definitely one way that your prana can be blocked. Right. And so uh, prana is the vehicle to get you from pain to purpose. And then purpose is about really, that's where I share the story about connecting all the dots. That's why I started the book with Steve Jobs's quote about connecting the dots. And then purpose is really about becoming a mindful map maker, which is connecting all the dots on your path to eventually lead you to your purpose. So obviously you've done all this work and you're open to the universe, you're open to signs, you're open, you know your purpose. Can you tell the listeners and myself, um, are you okay to talk about the dream and why you wrote this book? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So yes, being very open and mindful and looking at signs um, that provide meaning and purpose in my life. I one night had a very vivid dream on the night of September uh, no, it was February 14th, 2014. And Steve Jobs appeared in my dream. And it was two years after he had passed. Yeah. And what's even more goosebumpy <laughs> is um, that I had only seen faces and dreams three times. And I am a vivid dreamer. I have vivid dreams every single night. I know who the person is in my dream, but I never see their face only three times in my life. Before Steve, it was my grandfather who had recently passed, who I was very close with, and then my mother's best friend, who I grew up with, who I loved dearly. So two people who were, had you know deep meaning and impact, who I loved in my life, showed up in my dreams, and then Steve Jobs. And these were all after they had passed, right? So it was like a sign that they were coming to me and telling me something important. And Steve what told me that I need to write a book. And I had never thought about writing a book until this dream. And he told me in my dream that I should write a book about how my first job at Apple impacted my life and career, because it, it really did impact me in such an influential way that, you know, it led me to, to where I am today, which is living my true passion and purpose. And he had a huge influence on that. So I took his prophetic words seriously and took that dream very seriously. And the next day I began to write. And that's how this book kind of came to fruition. And what do you hope that the readers will will take from your book? The most important thing. There are so many. I, I could list everything that we spoke about as an important step and point. But what is what do you want the the reader to take away from your book? I would love the readers to just take control of their life, to take charge, and truly become embody becoming the CEO of their well-being and that is in all areas of their life so looking at their life with in a through a very holistic lens and showing up as their best self their authentic self their best self their most energized self in all areas of their life and being the CEO of their well-being Nas, thank you so much for coming today I had such a fun I, I, this was so fun for me it was just Likewise. Really, um, it was just such a lovely conversation and I wish you continued success and all the success with this book. It's a beautiful wow. work and um, I really hope it, it makes that impact in the world that that um, it gets in a lot of people's hands. 
Me too. And thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation, Kathy. It was such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Well, beauty, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you have a second, please rate, review, and hit subscribe. Don't forget to share Align and Hustle with a friend. For more information, be sure to check out the podcast page at www.kathyspence.com slash podcast. I hope to see you here again next Tuesday. Talk soon.